0: This is the Fear of Science.
1: Do you like scary movies? Then we have the podcast for you. Welcome to the Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science and science should topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new fear... Fears with special guest surprises and discoveries along the way. My name is Daniel Chai.
2: And I'm Jeff Porter.
1: And uh, we are very excited because uh, we are talking about a a subject that many people can uh, uh, definitely point to uh, having experienced at some point in their life. And that is the fear of horrors. Yes. Which I'm only literally just realizing is basically the fear of fear. (laughs) (laughs) Dementor. Very bad episode. Now, luckily, joining us uh, on the Fear of Science for this podcast episode, we are joined by some experts in the field of horrors. Uh, We're very excited to welcome writer, director, and actor in the horror genre. She is also a sideshow stunt artist and the creator of None Such as Art Dolls. Please welcome to Fair of Science, Tristan Risk.
3: Hello, everybody. Hello. Ooh, it feels like I need to applaud. Like that. So, <laughs> so, so great for a segue. <laughs>
1: And uh, also joining us for this episode are our podcast pals, from the Drinking and Screaming Podcast, a mm-hmm. queer and feminist podcast that discusses a different horror movie and cocktail every Monday. Depending on when you're listening to this, they've recently started their third season, and it's available wherever and whenever you are listening to this podcast. Please welcome Char and Kelly.
0: Woo! Hi. Hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, thank you all. Thank you all very much for joining us. Now, uh, I want to do a quick check-in with uh, the wonderful host of uh, Fear of Science, Jeff Porter. Now, Jeff, uh, you are a big movie fan. Um, I am. Uh, was there uh, uh, is there a reason why you feel that fear of uh, fear of science um, wanted to cover the the horror topic?
2: Um, well, the main reason was because it was your idea. Um, but it's also something i think when in one of our original brainstorming sessions it was one of the ones that kind of of topped our list of of episodes to to cover um it's kind of nice because we've had some very heavy subjects lately um so this is kind of a nice one just to kind of give our listeners and us a little bit of a break to not have to talk about uh really difficult subjects
1: Right. Uh, You know, because nothing says light and fluffy like horror.
2: (laughs) We're just talking about the fear of fear. No big deal.
3: (laughs) I mean, uh, popping a horror movie in is my way of unwinding at the end of a hard work day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Now, uh, for for our guests, uh, we we want to, uh, uh, we love checking in with our guests um, specifically about the topic at hand. And we always like to to ask our guests why they believe uh, that listeners may be fearful of whatever it is we're discussing. So, uh, as being heavily involved in the horror genre yourself, why do you feel that there are people out there, maybe even some listeners right now, who are like, oh, horror movie, I'm out. Why do Why are some people afraid of horror and being scared in horror movies?
4: I I think with uh with the the fear of horror movies um this can be anything from you saw a horror movie way too young and it it put you off or you saw something that might have um triggered a, a, tra- a traumatic event or just something when you found out something about the movie like say jeepers creepers and the director raping kids or like uh cannibal holocaust where that like animal abuse uh happened on set you're just like you know what this is just not for me so i can easily see why it's not for everybody
0: Mm -hmm.
3: for me i think a lot of people are afraid of horror movies because it's more the anticipation of the scares that are about to happen and the build-up that comes, you don't know when it's going to arrive. The idea, before you're really, in—in what's the word, like encircled in the horror ideals, just sitting down and starting a horror movie can be very scary because you don't know what's going to come, which I think is very interesting.
5: Mm -hmm. Right, right. (laughs) Um, I always imagine a good horror writer and director as like, almost like a therapist or like a psychiatrist and they like understand people's psyche so much that they take like the the base fears that people have dissect them and then like blow them up in front of them on in a movie so like the idea that like your base primal fears are something you're afraid of is literally what you were saying like the fear of fear itself
2: yeah yeah and I guess it's uh, rather than why are people afraid of horror movies, it's more like why do people enjoy horror movies? Because mm. if people are afraid of horror
5: movies, horror movies are doing their job.
3: <laughs> very true. The adrenaline rush.
5: Yeah, it makes no sense. People are dumb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, uh, now, Tristan, uh, you are a, a very uh, talented and accomplished uh, actress. you. Um, <laughs> He performed in a variety of uh, of films, including uh, American Mary, uh, ABCs of Death, uh, you know, Fetish Factory, Killer Babes and the Frightening Film Fiasco, which is a production from what I can see from your IMDb. And of course, the scariest movie of them all, uh, Aliens Ate My Homework.
0: (laughs) Uh,
4: Terrifying material.
1: Uh, Now, uh, Tristan... um, Before, uh, when you were younger, uh, were you always a fan of the horror genre, uh, even before you became an actor?
4: Yes. Um, I was into horror, but I wasn't so much into the horror of things. Like I was afraid of monsters. I was, I was bullied a lot as a kid in like elementary school and high school. So I always had the idea of like the zombies or the monsters being my friends. Cause like nobody mm. understood them. So that's kind of what I related to more. And then, um, so Halloween wasn't scary to me as a kid. Things that were scary to me as a kid were like the things that Disney's really good at messing you me up about, like the idea of parental abandonment. Like for instance, <laughs> I I wasn't scared of a monster under the bed, What I was scared of was like my parent, my mom, like getting up in the middle of the night and moving and not telling me and leaving mm. me alone. That's what I was more afraid of. So, I mean that, Kind of like you know, I had my fears, but it just wasn't like you know, oh, vampires, yeah, but parental abandonment, <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: not afraid of monsters, you're afraid of reality,
4: yeah,
0: <laughs>
4: much more bleak. Um,
1: and uh, uh and so, with your uh, uh, being a fan of the horror genre as a, as a child, and when you became an actor, is that what uh, inspired your? Your pull in that direction of being an actor?
4: Um, I think I think it's a lot of uh working through a lot of ideas I had about what horror was. um seeing a lot of horror and consuming a lot of horror i i had the uh kind of the same ideas when you're uh an actor and you're like i want to be in a musical i want to be in a shakespeare play i want to do improv i want to do all the things so it was kind of like i want to be in a slasher film i want to be in a cryptozoology film i want to be in a ghost story i want to i want to be a final girl i want to be a murderer and like just like i want to wear all the hats so i mean that was kind of like just um this feeding frenzy of being able to to scare other people like I mean I was that kid who would like that asshole kid who would hide under the stairs and grab somebody's leg (laughs) as they went by or uh you know sit in a broom closet for two hours and wait to jump out at somebody it's like yeah (laughs) I mean it was it's kind of a predetermined thing really
1: (laughs) Ah, well, th- thank you for sharing.
4: And <laughs> anyone I uh, might have frightened or peed their pants, I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, uh, they're now afraid of you in the movies that you act in.
0: <gasps> all we're
1: now, uh, Char and Kelly, um, uh, uh, we love your podcast, um, uh, your third season has just started. Um, congratulations on that accomplishment. Thank
5: you. Thanks um,
1: for for you two as well. Um, how did you know? Uh, for for fair science, uh, you know Jeff is uh, uh, very uh, is passionate about scientists uh, and science, and I believe in gravity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> for fair science, it was that was great.
1: your <laughs> The world is round.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, flat <laughs> earthers. Mm. <laughs> You're picking all the boxes coming. of science that I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, for for you two, again, you know, uh, there there will be some people, some listeners who will be like, "Oh, I'm um, watching a different horror movie every week. Oh, that that is not my <laughs> cup of tea." Um, for for you both, how did how did drinking and screaming Uh, Get started. What inspired you to to take this twist on creating a podcast?
3: Yeah, it's actually interesting. Before I answer that question, the idea of people being afraid of watching horror movies is why a lot of them come to our show because we talk about them and they don't have to watch it. They can just uh, discuss it with us uh, as a listener, which is very cool. But we talk about it on Drinking and Screaming all the time, how our podcast is basically a window into our relationship. Uh, Kelly and I are partners in love and in podcasting, and we watch horror all the time. Um, Before we even started the show, Kelly had other podcasts uh and he bit me with the podcast bug and uh, <gasps> myself I'm an actor as well so I thought it was a good idea to take our favorite horror our favorite genre being horror and discuss it through the actor lens Kelly's very into cinematography which I think is very helpful and then we also have the whole queer and feminist vibes uh to tick it all
5: off mm-hmm We've got all of the things that are necessary to make a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then we put drinking on top of it. Yay! Oh,
0: wow.
5: <laughs> yeah, Fancy I think...
4: cocktails pair nicely with horror movies.
5: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the podcast idea was definitely, like, entirely Shara's idea. Um, and, like, I don't know if you guys do this when you get into like a new relationship, you almost like compete to show off your like fandoms to be like, Oh my God, you got to watch this thing. It's the best thing that I like. Uh, and then the other person's like, Oh, that's great.
1: Shame? Oh no. <laughs> oh
5: no. I mean, there's other, th- those other ones. Don't wow. got it, got it. But uh, it was like, when we started dating, it was like, Oh, you got to watch this horror movie. It's my oh. favorite. And then Shara was like, Oh, you got to watch this one. I love what this is- one. And then it just kind of like, Spiraled where we like ended up watching all the movies that we had seen individually, and so then we started watching movies that we hadn't seen yet together. Yeah, yeah, oh,
0: that's awesome.
2: Cool. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to say. Um, so, so Tristan um, answered this question, um, but I would love to know uh and Kelly's opinion as well. Um, so, what scares both of you? Mm.
3: Oh, man. This is also funny because we are exactly opposite in this regard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When it comes to horror films specifically, the genre or topics that scare me the most are real people. So sort of along Tristan's ideas of uh, what people can do to you, either abandoning you as a child, or for me, it's like slashers, you know, movies like The Strangers, where people stalk you in your home and you don't know they're there until they try to kill you. Uh, anything that involves humanity turning against me, I don't like it. I've been crossed too many times in <laughs> real life. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, and then for me, it's like, I don't, I'm not afraid of people so much as I'm afraid of demons and ghosts. Uh, oh. They're the ones that can, like, manipulate you and, and uh, get into your head and... I guess humans do that, but more less (laughs) metaphorically and more (laughs) actually getting into your body. Uh, Also, uh, dark waters a huge thing for me. Um, I we haven't watched any movies that are dark water yet for the podcast specifically because I can't do that. Like if and (laughs) if like Poltergeist and uh, took place in the Mariana Trench, I don't think I could watch that movie. We actually he talked about
2: guys now in the
5: Mariana <laughs> they took over a giant megalodon and now they're haunting this family. Shar uh, and I actually yeah. talked about this like difference on our podcast because uh we always talked about this as like she's so afraid of people and I'm so afraid of ghosts and stuff that we realized it was like kind of like a privileged thing. like I grew up as like a cis male guy so being Mm. afraid of people didn't really make sense people didn't bother me and if they did i could punch them uh and that wasn't really a liberty Mm. that non-cis males could afford so we were more afraid of ghosts and stuff well uh non-cis men were afraid of the people that bother them a lot and harass
0: them right that's fascinating yeah
2: yeah that's very true
1: now uh, jeff now, uh, of course, uh, fear of science listeners, long-time fear of science listeners, will know that my biggest fear is, of course, spiders. Uh, uh, yeah. as, uh, as seen in episode sixteen, that's oh, uh... that sounds about right. I can't remember that <laughs> number either. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, what is your biggest fear?
2: Um, my I have multiple fears. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm not a giant. Well, it's weird. So I'm I'm not a giant fan of horrors because I find that horrors don't scare me that much. Um, I I think it's just because I I realize I've done cosplay. I've 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 done that kind of so I realize the special effects behind it and that's not real and that doesn't freak me out. Um, but when it comes to reality, um, I am afraid of heights, which we want to do an episode of eventually. Yeah. Um and then I'm I'm also afraid of ghosts. In real life. <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when I was a kid, I saw one and Ooh. it freaked the crap out of me. <laughs> I was with a friend of mine and we were uh I grew up in rural Manitoba and there's a small like abandoned um army base uh just outside of, of Rivers where I grew up. And I was with a friend one time. And we're going through these old abandoned barracks. And we went up to the second floor. And for half a second, both of us saw this woman standing in the middle of the room. And then she just disappeared. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Wow, very spooky.
2: So, uh, yeah, that freaks me out. But also, I had someone uh, explain to me one time or, or give me another reason for it. And they said, maybe it's someone from another plane of existence that just popped into our existence for a moment and then
4: popped out. I'm like, well, that's not (laughs) scary than just straight ghost. Really? (laughs) 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 Jeff, I'm here to tell you about
1: (laughs) now. uh, uh, You know, of course uh, the horror genre has evolved you know, a lot Uh, for, from our experts um, and Jeff, uh, Jeff, we're also big movie fans as well. Um, what what is considered to be the the first horror movie and or the first modern horror movie? Because uh, I suppose you know there's the 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 Dracula with Bella Lugosi, um, but the, but you know as a modern horror, did that kick off with with Night of the Living Dead or you know or or the creature flicks of the fifties? What would you yeah What would you consider to be the delineation between like say the first horror movie and then like the first kind of like modern one.
3: Hmm. I know it's a big question. Yeah. That's a tough one. I feel Uh, like in uh, my brain, I, my difference is probably not very academic, but I consider like modern horror to start more when we get to like 60s, 70s horror of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. like all the things that you would think of as classics aren't really the classics of like the birth of horror when you come to like Osperatu and Frankenstein, right. that sort of uh, thing. So I think that's the shift for me.
5: Cool. And everyone
3: Thank has you. their own, I find. Yeah. yeah.
5: Like really, really old like monster flicks were just super weird like what if a tomato turned into a mutant and ate a town <laughs> what if aliens were actually like lizard people but they were super chill or something like it was just like I mean drugs were the answer as to why they were so weird um but like I always I think I, this goes again with my idea that um horror uh directors are psychiatrists but I think the moment that like we started looking more inward to make horror was about the like, quote unquote, modern uh, phase of horror when it's like, how, how do we really get to the root of f-ing with the people that are watching our movies? <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea what movie that is. That's just my general hand wavy idea.
4: Um, I, I, I think that um, like modern, the term modern horror definitely would depend on kind of where you are mentally age wise, because mm-hmm. um, for someone who's younger than me, they're going to consider something that's like a little, like probably like maybe even like the scream franchise to be the start of like modern. Yeah. Horror.
0: <laughs> um,
4: whereas I kind of think of it more just around that seventies, eighties where we were seeing more explicit things because mm-hmm. whereas like with the 50s and and uh 60s kind of coming out of like the like they we had the really classic stuff with the the universal monsters Mm -hmm. um and then we saw films like cat people uh in the 40s also doing like a lot of psychological horror where it was a lot of suggestion and build-up um (laughs) then we got into like the 50s and 60s with like a lot of like the big atomic things which we're kind of playing on the fear of like the finger on the button, which is kind of like what was going on at the time. And I think for me in like now, in my mind, the first shift was Night of the Living Dead, because that was uh, Romero's like kind of piece talking about like the race delineations. And then the Dawn of the Dead was more a commentary on mindless consumerism. So I think that's when he was just like, he he had something to say about what was going on, but also like just this idea of like hordes and hordes of zombies was something that was unsettling that hadn't really been explored at that point in popular culture. And I think that was kind of a bit of a game changer for a lot of people to just, um, witness the mass of it. And, uh, and then in my mind, like kind of when we kick into like modern horror is like 80s, because that's kind of like the heyday of me. And that's what I grew up with. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's modern because it's what I grew up with, obviously.
0: Right.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's, I think it really depends on who you are. But I think we really kind of saw that shift uh, when the, the stronger introduction of the zombie genre was, was introduced. But that's just a very personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, if, if
5: the first modern movie is like the first horror movie you liked, then I guess Silent Hill is the first modern oh. horror movie. Oh. <laughs> that was a with, movie. With Sean Bean? Hell yeah!
3: <laughs> it's a very controversial opinion.
5: <laughs> the only Sean movie, the only Sean Bean movie, he doesn't die. <laughs> oh,
2: is it really a Sean Bean movie then? <laughs> yeah,
5: <that's true. laughs> it's Sean Bean adjacent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I, so I did some, some Googling on Daniel's questions there, and uh, yeah, Justin was very right. The idea of, of modern horror is really defined by the person. There is no exact time that it switches over to a modern horror. Uh, but the very first horror ever done uh, was called The House of the Devil, uh, which was an 1896 silent film.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah. yeah. Nice. Thanks, Google. <laughs> um, now my, always my, a question, <laughs> my question is um, what was the first movie that scared everybody that you remember
5: I've got a really dumb one yes uh, have you all seen Idle Hands yes With <laughs> Devin Devin yeah.
3: I still haven't seen it but Kelly <gasps> talked about it it's a lot
5: it's not scary
0: <laughs> do
5: you it get this hand do get it Like, there's the the opening scene of that movie is like the mom lying in bed looking up, and it says, like, written in blood, it's like, look under the bed. And she does, and then the bed just like collapses on her and blood shoots everywhere. And after seeing that, I couldn't look under my bed for possibly years. (laughs) How old were you when you watched that? Uh, When did it come out? Oh, let's see. To the Google.
4: like the nineties, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I remember. I like remember. Yeah, that was, that was
4: a couple was... good beheading scenes in that, and that came out um, uh, before a Canadian version. Uh, something similar in Canada came out was called uh, "Bloody Knuckles," but that was kind of like Idle Hands meets Big Trouble in Little China. Oh.
5: Uh, oh. Uh, I was eight when I saw it, so I couldn't. I also nice, couldn't 99. sleep on it.
1: um for for me uh the first horror movie the first horror movie that i remember scaring the absolute um crap out of me was the tv series it
0: oh Oh. yeah
1: so it turns out i was probably way too young to watch it Uh, (laughs) i mean it's kind of creepy kind of kind of similar um there were scenes set, I believe, in the uh, in the in their school, in their school change room or their school bathroom, and the clown is in the drains of the school bathroom. Oh yeah. Um, and I remember just, uh, you know, uh, I remember like a character in my brain. I'm remembering a character getting sucked into the the duct system. And essentially this character dies from being sucked into the drain and then you can see him getting sucked along. And and uh, I think I was also roughly in about grade four, so I guess it'd be about nine, and uh, not being able to sleep and also <laughs> being very afraid of school bathrooms for a while. Yeah.
2: <laughs> which you didn't shower did for a year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just held it. It was, uh, which did <laughs> yeah uh, it it huh.
4: yeah they did some of the scenes from that original shoot of the the eighties series in new west so sometimes i like i was watching that and i'm like why does that look so familiar to me <laughs> what
3: that's not maine <laughs> that's
4: new westminster what the heck i've been sold a lie i don't like that <laughs> Oh, let's see. First, first uh, horror thing that scared me. Um, so this was like way back when there was like still Betamax um, videotapes. And my mother, um, my mom was like a young single mom. So like she would take me to her friend's house and be like, I rented one tape for you and one tape for us. So you know how to work the video machine, right? And I'm like, uh-huh. And she's like, okay. So she goes up with the stairs with her friends and I go to put my, my movie in. And my movie, my movie was uh, some Mickey Mouse thing with Bongo, the runaway circus bear. It was animated <laughs> Mickey and the Beanstalk. That was not what I watched. What no. I watched was apparently another Disney film, but a scary Disney film called Watcher in the Woods with Betty Davis and they're like even in their their advertising for it, they said, this is not a fairy tale, and that was like like early 80s late 70s when like disney was trying to be like edgy and dark mm-hmm. like yeah.
0: that
4: escape from witch mountain so my mom comes downstairs and sees me like pressed up against the, the her friend's couch and my eyes are giant and it's like three <laughs> quarters through the movie and it's about this woman who gets sucked into a mirror playing blinds man's bluff and like you just see her trapped in the mirror throughout this film and it turns out it's actually interdimensional aliens and it's like a little hard to follow especially for like a four-year-old but <laughs> I kept thinking I was gonna see people trapped in mirrors so I was always trying to look at them from weird angles So I, like if I saw someone in there that wasn't me I was kind of ready for it and even to this day like even watching Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon like if I'm washing my face and I go to look up in the mirror and like just be prepared. You might not be alone when you look up. Just go
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to mentally
3: prep for it, you know?
0: So scary. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh,
1: Char- what you, Char? Jeff, what about you?
3: Yeah, I'm going to reveal my age a bit here. <laughs> I think I'm the youngest of the group, but uh, I was very sheltered as a kid. I never watched... I was the youngest of three children in my family, and we never really watched horror films, so... My first, like, party at, like, 12 years old, I watched The Strangers. I brought that up earlier in the podcast. Oh. Of uh, It's with Liv Tyler and um, some guy. I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> it's two people uh, in a home that's very isolated, and a group of strangers in masks comes and terrorizes them, and that's... It was with a group of people. I don't remember anybody else being in the room because I was just <laughs> sinking further and further into the sofa. Yeah. Whew.
5: It's got uh, Dennis from Always Sunny. Of course. Oh,
3: wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, my uh, the first movie that scared me when I was a kid was um, actually one of my favorite movies now um, was Labyrinth. Oh, um, oh, nice! I remember I was about. Four, four or five years old and uh, a bunch of older kids were watching it and i just kind of like wandered in and it wasn't david bowie didn't scare me uh the 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 little guy that kind of leaves around didn't scare me you know what scared me it was the creatures that removed their heads
0: oh yeah and then, like
2: threw them around
4: I don't know
2: why. I don't know why that scared
4: me so much. Because they took their heads off, and then they wanted to take her head off. It's another expression of Uh-oh. thought. To go. That's fucking scary. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> oh man. Talking um, about that kind of horror, like Pan's Labyrinth too. I went into oh, that oh, thinking yeah. it was like a typical fantasy, and then the like eye monster.
5: Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> You'd get stabbed in the cheek in that movie. That is yeah. definitely a horrifying movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then I also used to get freaked out because my parents used to watch it then and they loved the show um, Unsolved Mysteries.
0: It I
2: freaked the hell out of me. Um, and like to this day, if I hear that theme song, I just, I just get chills.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, now, uh, uh, for, for everyone here, uh, you know, as we talk about these movies, you know, now as we are movie aficionados, movie podcasters actors um does does knowing a bit of what happens behind the scenes you know being able to peek behind that curtain does that make the does that reduce any of the the scariness or are you still uh does it make it easier to watch or is that potentially still um something that you know even if i know it's fake it's still super scary
3: When I was young, all the, this is a true story or like, (laughs) based on true events, that really got (laughs) me. (laughs) Oh, God. And then at the end of the credits, it says like fiction, blah, blah, blah. But I never got that far. (laughs) Um, So I think in regards to that, now I know that it's not real. Uh, It's, I guess, a bit less scary. But in terms of being behind the scenes and knowing how these films are made, I think a good horror film will make you forget all that. You got to be in the moment. It's got to dive you right into that story and that the high stakes that these characters are facing. all
5: well, my point. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> your own point, and then you went and stole mine. <laughs> I mean, that was mine. Char and I have a segment in our podcast where we say that we like to read trivia after the fact to kind of like desensitize ourselves after watching the movie. Oh,
2: that's a good idea.
5: Um, but like she said, like if if the movie's gripping and engaging enough, you almost just forget that like you're watching Tony Collette, and you're like, oh, I loved her in Little Miss Sunshine. It's like, no, she's cutting her head off right now. You forgot that you watched Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> well, you can be like, oh, that was a good performance. But in the moment, you're like, man, I was so terrified I couldn't breathe. <laughs>
0: yeah. One
5: of, the, one of the movies that I,
2: I think did a really good job of that whole based on a true story um does for people who are old enough uh remember the uh when the blair witch project came out
5: yeah and they yeah. did
2: such a good like i watched blair witch project in theaters before it was revealed that it was all fake um and i remember just almost crapping my pants being so <laughs> scared that of was that a movie. part
3: of the marketing yeah huge yeah. good job marketing team kudos that
2: oh, was brilliant but then you watch it again after knowing it's fake and you're like
4: Oh,
5: this movie's boring. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those movies that make you feel like you could make a horror movie when you watch it.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I when I'm watching films, if there's something with like really amazing practical effects, it will distract me, not because of like the effects, but just because I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, they did a really good job on that. <laughs> that is just so... The only time when my brain just refuses to like play ball and just be like, it's fake is when it's anything to do with eyeball or mouth trauma, Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
4: anything to do with lobotomies or needles in the eyes or anything being forced into the mouth or teeth being pulled. Mm -hmm. Yep, my brain will just refuses to accept that that is not reality and that it's paid actors and it is made for a film and it just goes, no, thank you.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I can't handle eye stuff either. Like like jabbing in the uh, oh no 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 no.
5: It's an interesting yeah. point because like there's there's a certain um understanding there of like if you watch a body get exploded or like the thing shoot its tentacles out, you don't your body doesn't know what that sensation is like. But mm. if you see someone like cut their hand on glass or like get a needle in the arm, you you're you're like, I know what that feels like and now I'm feeling it along with them. Right.
2: Although I've never been jabbed in the eye, and I still don't like that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, like, getting hit in the eye feels like.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Now, uh, uh, Tristan, um, you know, with your, uh, you've been on uh, the sets, speaking of, uh, you know, the behind the scenes of these movies. You've been on uh, many different film sets for a variety of of horror uh, films. And, of course, again, the scariest of all, uh, Aliens Ate My Homework. And of course, the the sequel, aliens stole my body.
4: That, those darn aliens just I, uh, stealing like homework, that. eating homework, and and stealing bodies. I feel like the we'll second
0: one is much more <laughs> intense. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, can you tell us, uh, what is what is it
1: like being on? Uh, on a, a horror movie set. Is it buckets of blood everywhere? Is it uh, uh, you know fake intestines all over the place? What, what is it like uh, being, uh, being on a shoot?
4: So that depends entirely on the film. Um, I've been on film sets where there was like zombie bikers, uh, Sasquatch, Hitman, um, like strippers and kitty masks with machine guns. That was all the same film, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, just, like, bikers, so,
4: I mean, like you know, like, and that one was where it was just like we had the the, the dude in uh, in who was in our bigfoot suit poor guy I mean, it's like we're in atlanta in like june and like he's just taking the boots off and they're just pouring the sweat out of it and uh, like looking at all the bikers wearing denim and, and and uh and leather and i'm like you guys just you know i'm wearing an eye patch, big hair and high-heeled boots but i'm just looking at them going man that must be ball soup right now um <laughs> uh- <laughs> So I think like in some respects, like being on a horror film, depending on what kind of horror film it is, it's no different from any other film. It's just there's probably going to be more interesting props. The one that got me the most was when we were filming the editor um, with Astron Six in Winnipeg and um, Emerson Ziffel, who was doing the effects for it, had uh, had to do ahead of me because my character gets an axe in the face in a movie within a movie. And he didn't have a cast of my head at the time. So he got me to take measurements of my face with a tape measure and then take photos around. So I was unprepared for how amazing an artist he was because I walked in and saw my own face in his workshop. And I was not prepared for that. And I was like, ah,
0: that is my head.
4: Oh, my God. And it's like kind of an he's like kind of make an expression like you're about to get an axe in the face. I'm like, "Okay." So and then he and he very much captured it. So being unprepared to see that uh, going to work was definitely like a cool way to start the day, and also got my heart rate up. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would say it's it's uh, it's same same but different,
2: right? Uh, at least I didn't have your face behind a mirror. That would have been even
1: worse. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been terrifying. And it's like, well, I'm gonna go change my britches. Thank you. <laughs>
1: now, uh, uh, for uh, our. Friends from drinking and screaming, uh, and so uh, now uh, I will admit, you know, for myself, though I enjoy movies in general. Um, when it, for myself, if if you know, when I went to Roger's Video Blockbuster, uh, remember Blockbuster? Oh,
0: oh man, oh, blockbuster. There's yeah. still one that, that exists. All of
1: our ages. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, the horror, the horror section was always very fascinating to me. But, you know, I, I, I would gravitate towards action movies, sci-fi. Of course, there are sci-fi horror movies, you know, um, that kind of stuff. For for viewers who are, uh, for listeners who are like, oh, I've always wanted to, i got to get into a horror movie, <laughs> darn it. Or for someone, you know, who's maybe like, oh, uh, my, my partner loves horror movies, but they really scare me. Uh, what is like a good gateway horror movie in order to learn about the genre um, to in order to be able to uh, learn the nuances and and the artistry behind this genre as well?
3: Uh, I think a good example, if you're sort of on the timid side of horror, but you want to try and dive in a good movie, I think would be Silence of the Lambs which is, it's more, it's action-y, mystery enough that you won't feel like it's a horror film, but it does have horror elements. Really? I think that it has, it's a very good narrative. You'll be able to get lost. It's a good gateway horror film.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine was, like I said, Silent Hill. And I think that's because, like, I, was, I grew up just the biggest wimp. I couldn't watch horror movies. Uh, in fact, like, I graduated high school, went to post-secondary, and one of my friends was like, trying to talk to horror movies or trying to talk about horror movies to me uh and he was the one that showed me silent hill and it was specifically because i liked video games that he's like oh, you'll like this silent hill movie even though right. you've never played silent hill before uh, so i feel like you could i i literally just i thought of this on the fly i feel yeah, like yeah. you could find like a thing that your partner likes and then show them the horror movie version of it because it's like people in like a fandom sense, but then people will die while they're watching it. <laughs> uh, so like you said, like you like sci-fi, so um, maybe don't start with Event Horizon. Uh, what about may- Aliens? Maybe start with Aliens, because right. it's kind of like a sci-fi action-y horror movie. Um, Chronicles of Riddick? That would be a great start. Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Um, uh, for, yeah, for, like, for fans of superheroes, uh, watch some Brightburn
2: yeah oh, that was a good movie
5: or um chronicle was also good it's it's yeah. still pretty like actiony but has horror elements i think like depending on how big of a douche you are you can either start at event horizon or like slowly build up to <laughs> event horizon
1: uh, uh tristan and jeff do you have recommendations for for someone like myself or uh, uh someone who's also a little timid when it comes to
0: horror hmm i'd
4: say uh ease into it you know like there's horror comedies so like kind of like do the ha 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 like ghostbusters wasn't supposed to be a comedy it just kind of turned into <laughs> one, one. one. So, yeah it was supposed to be it was supposed to be like a straight horror film and then it just <laughs> you can't <get> it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that happens
2: sure I bill murray
4: um, and then you can, and then from there you can go into Shaun of the Dead and it's like, okay, I watched one ghost movie, one, one horror movie. Guess what also has a library in it? it? So we can maybe progress into that. And then, um, you know, there's from Shaun of the Dead, try, try, uh, Dawn of the Dead, do a Shaun and Dawn side mm-hmm. by each comparison and like, well, which movie would you rather be stuck in? <laughs>
2: yeah. And I, I think as well, if you don't feel comfortable watching horror movies, there's nothing uh, forcing you to. <laughs> you don't need Damn. to.
0: Um,
2: and, you must uh,
5: enjoy this horror movie! You must enjoy <laughs> well, it. Why are you uh, listening to this
2: episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually kind of reminds me of, uh, for me, it's it's anime. Um, mm. I, I'm a massive geek in, in so many different ways. I've never gotten into anime. And I just, I don't know what it is. I, I'll watch like the most simplistic form of anime if I have to, but I just don't enjoy it. But then being in geekdom, every person I talk to is like, oh, you need to watch this anime. You need
5: to watch this. And I'm like, I don't know. You I just haven't fan. seen
4: Akira yet. That's your problem.
5: Oh yeah, watch it. That's a good horror anime. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, have sim- I, have, I have a similar issue with that, where it's like, I just want to hear people talk about the fandom as like they're excited about it, so just tell me your favorite anime stories, yeah, yeah. and I'll enjoy it through you without having to sit through 250 episodes of One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, speaking of the fandoms, actually, uh, so uh, uh, Tristan,
1: you've you've been special guests at uh horror cons have you attended
4: horror cons well? i have attended horror cons and i have been a special guest at horror cons Wonderful.
1: um how uh um and for our friends uh Sharon and kelly from drinking and screaming uh have you been to horror cons as well
3: we've been to fan expo which is like Hi. a comic convention slash pop culture so there was like a few horror elements to it but it's never the prime focus i would love Mm. to go to a horror convention Mm -hmm. Uh, in
5: like five or six years when it's safe too yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: how is the horror
1: fandom how is the horror community is there a community out there that people who are wanting to learn more um are there other horror podcasts um are you know uh yeah what is the community like
4: Oh man, there's more horror podcasts than you can throw a boomstick at. Like <laughs> literally, literally find it's like porn. There's something for everybody out there. All tastes <laughs> will be catered to. If you can't find something, you're just not looking hard enough. Um, there is definitely a horror community. Um, like so many other fan and artistic communities, there is uh definite divisions in them and there is different degrees of fandom within those. Uh, areas and I think with any genre you're gonna st- that has a fandom to it um, and this can be sci-fi anime fantasy, whatever or um, there's there's always the danger of the toxic fan culture mm-hmm. and it's a shame because it takes away from um, what it what the fandom is which is an appreciation of something a collective, yay, we like this um, and then you know people come in and trying to start to dictate and 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 police inside of that. And it just gets a little weird. And then of course, there is a lot of folks who are drawn to horror, particularly in fandom who um, you know, we try we want to be inclusive of everybody, but there's some folks who just have very, violent or they get they just have uh, some mental health issues that aren't addressed that uh, something about the horror really appeals to them but at the same time they have difficulty expressing themselves so um, you know there's always uh, the risk of having people who who are just you know they have a that little difference of trying to figure out what the difference between fantasy and reality is and I have gotten to see like a huge spectrum of that fandom and that percentage of, like, the that shit is fucking crazy and I do not want to touch that shit is, like, one, like, very, it's small. Um, the only thing about the fan culture that scares me is how scary they can be. Um, and that's, like, looking at how Taylor Swift's fans react to criticism of Taylor Swift or Beyonce's fans react to, uh, you know, someone attacking their queen. That, that kind of, like, blind um, trust and, and, you know, worshipping false icons of, like, just, like, wh- whoever we've decided to put on a pedestal because we like what they're doing. I, that, that can lead to danger because that leaves a lot of uh, ways for abuse for people who are involved in the, the industry to abuse fans as well. So I feel like there's definitely a double-edged sword but the vast majority of people who are in the horror community and who are in the horror fandom are f-ing awesome human beings, <laughs> and they are wildly creative and wonderfully appreciative and really, really, um, you know, a lot of them are artists themselves who are drawn to this, but then also, um, fosters their own art, which I think is really cool. Yeah.
0: Thank That's
1: you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for sharing. I think it's, it's a, it's a good reminder in general, because uh, when, when uh, Fear of Science, we were at Fan Expo, we also had a, a great discussion about uh, fandoms in general. And again, the, the discussion was mainly around, you know, uh, 99.8% of fans <laughs> are, are great, but yeah. Um, thank you. It's really, really uh, uh, important to hear. Now, uh, uh, for, uh, is there, a, a, as well as movies, we've been talking a lot about movies, but um, are there other horror aspects, you know, uh, whether it be horror literature, um, you know, uh, uh, Halloween, uh, Halloween is coming up, depending on when you're listening to this, is um, either just coming up, or you just missed it. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, are there, uh, I guess, you know, um, my ultimate big question, I suppose, is um, why uh, uh, why is, why do people like, why do people like being scared? <laughs> is it a, a, a release? Is it, um, is it an escape? Is it, uh, yeah.
4: May I, may I offer some thoughts on that? Please. Yeah. So I think that something that we're seeing, um, for anyone who's got children or have been going through this pandemic with children, I have not, but I have friends who are, and they say that they see their kids acting out a lot of things about words they hear, um, like the pandemic and like they see that in their play and children often will use play as a way to figure out what's going on in the world around them and to kind of get control over that. And that's something they we see when we do play therapy with kids. Um, and I think that what this allows us to do, whether it's in, um, we're reading a, a, a horror book or we're playing or we're, we're doing horror gaming and we're killing zombies or vampires in a horror game, or um, we're watching a movie is we're acting out those fears through like in a safe way. It's giving us a way to process our fears in a controlled environment. So I feel like that's kind of a little bit of why that is and why that's so it's why it's culturally important for us to have horror.
0: Mm-hmm. I that it. was
4: very
3: Absolutely. well articulated. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, my uh, yeah, my background is in in gaming mostly, and it's kind of like that same idea of like the the science of play. Basically, I think there's actually a book called The Science of Play. Um, and uh, I think like for the difference between like a movie and a game horror is that like with a movie, all the agency uh, is taken away from you, and you basically like sit back. And you don't have to feel like you're engaging actively with the movie. It's just kind of like happening at you, which for some people is easier than like playing a game or reading a book where like your own imagination and your own actions determine like how scared you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also like know that after an hour and a half or something, all the, all the spoops are going to be done and then you can deal with it. Right. Um, and I think like whatever the reason for people actively seeking out, the the sense of dread and, and horror that comes from these. Um, I think there's like, there's different outlets for those. Like you you can play a game and be engaged and, and scare yourself almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or uh, I think movies are generally safer because then they just end and you didn't have to press <laughs> buttons or imagine what the ghost looks like.
3: <laughs> horror is also, I find very divisive in the way that when we look at being an other, they either highlight that otherness and make you feel empathy towards it or make you extra scared of it and that goes also with like the queer community or women in general like women in the horror genre is a whole other can of worms because half of them are put up on a pedestal as like the amazing final girl that makes it to the end of the film and then the other half are of films are just like devastating them
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: in awful, awful horrific ways. But that divide is something that really uh, captures my attention. I find it. That's my, one of my main reasons why I love doing podcasts about horror films and discussing horror films through a queer and feminist lens is why, why do we do this as a society to people who are not like us, like cishet white men? It's very interesting.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, um Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Tristan, you talked about it a little bit before about like how horror is kind of like a reflection of like what's going on in the world at the moment. So like, yeah, like zombies came from like uh, fear of communism and nukes and globalization and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like we're sort of seeing like a cha- a shift now with like um, like the vocalization of like the abuse of people behind the scenes in cinema or like oppression and individualism and, and self-identity and stuff like that. Uh, And we're really starting to see like a change I feel in movies where it's like, now it's more about the self and it's about um, like fear of being the odd man out more than like fear. It's like uh, like get out was a big horror movie um, covering that where it's like, what if you aren't being chased by monsters, but the monsters are the people that are around you. And as white people, we didn't realize that that was the case for the longest time. And mm-hmm. look at this here. And I, I really appreciate the the diversity in horror movies we're seeing now that are coming from just the just how aware we are becoming of how shitty of a society we are.
3: Diverse storytelling. Yay! Yeah,
5: absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Now, now, while we're talking about um, kind of the psychology of, of uh, horror, um, I was doing some research. I do that every once in a while for the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I, I found this article talking about why why people uh, enjoy horrors and why people enjoy getting scared. Um, and one thing it was saying was that um, they did a study and it showed that uh, people who are raised on making fear fun uh tend to enjoy horrors more so people who who (laughs) went to who uh had their parents bring them to haunted houses when they were kids or did horror stories around the campfire um now were were any of you raised to have fear as a fun thing or did you have (laughs) a lot of fear and a lot of horror growing up um
5: my my mom really loved making my halloween costumes so i think like the um the fun of like dressing up as the monster was always instilled Mm -hmm. in me but my mom was also a huge asshole when it came to going to haunted houses she would be the one that would startle me and like like whisper in my ear that something's gonna get me while these like guys in shitty costumes were standing next to me and i didn't realize until probably like a year ago when we went to the pne uh the like haunted houses that she was just projecting she was the Uh... one that was more scared than me and was just trying to like scare me as like a deflection mechanism or something like that
4: It's a- true, your parents do mess you up. <laughs>
5: <laughs> She's much more afraid of horror movies than I am now, even though she like was trying to trick me into being a big scaredy cat. <laughs> uh, for, for for me, um
1: uh I was so um I had a very uh, loving, strict strict mom. Uh, single mom so uh so i was taught to be afraid of the world
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: very
1: important yeah so um so my so my enjoyment of, of of being fearful um this is a this is a whole other section that we will dive into in the spinoff um uh, where it's just me and Jeff just talking about our internal fears. Uh, yeah.
2: That's the <laughs> fear of Daniel's mom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but but yeah, uh, for for me it was always like the the real the real world is always so much scarier. Like you know, uh, like for example, my mom was like. Better behave, or you're going to get taken away. <laughs> you know,
4: oh my <laughs> gosh, that fear of parental abandonment that's a freaking yeah, exactly.
1: uh, <laughs> that's right. And listeners, if you have managed to listen through 56 minutes and 55 seconds, yes, uh, you you learned a little bit about my childhood trauma, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. I think you know, that's why uh, I always enjoyed Halloween, but but you know, um, but the real world. You know, the real world stuff was always much more hammered home about gotta, you know, gotta be home before it's dark, uh, or yeah. you'll be taken away. Um, do your homework, or you'll be taken away.
5: Um. <laughs> I mean, I can I can feel like I can gesture to 2020. And prove that your mom was right. Like the, the earth is blowing up in poison and poison and a plague is happening.
3: Everyone will be taken away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, no,
3: uh,
1: yeah. So so that's my trauma. Uh, how about all of you? Uh, <laughs> oh,
3: it's very interesting. I want to combine both of your points. Of like, I love Halloween. Halloween. Oh, it's. I don't know. It's a it toss up between that and Christmas, not for religious reasons, but just both holidays. I love to, I decorate our house. I go all out. Uh, I love holidays. Um, and last year I thought, wow, I love Halloween. I think it'll be great to work at the Peony, which is the playland Halloween fair that we have in Vancouver here where they have haunted houses and actors come to scare you. So I worked as an actor, Um uh, as a spooky ghost, Ooh, I, was, I thought so it was so to, to like be in the the fear of other people to make it fun like that, and to uh, have a chance to work in haunted houses for a bit. And it was the awfulest job ever. It sucked. <laughs> I had to quit like before the season was over due to how people treated me as an oh. actor. Others.
5: Turns out, the real fear was the drunk men grabbing your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it sucks with people all along yeah, yeah, but,
3: which just that's, fuels that's a my year, fear man, <laughs> yeah working at one of
4: those haunted houses is like working as a stripper or a weed dealer it's like you just expect everybody's gonna be stoked to see you all the time and then when people are completely awful to you you're like hey what the
0: this heck <laughs> to
4: be <fun."> oh.
3: yeah <laughs> you get that's it first, yeah. announcement
2: to everybody make sure you treat your, your haunted house workers, your strippers, and your weed dealers with some mm-hmm. utmost respect.
4: Put like those people on a pedestal, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh. They're, they're doing their best.
1: Uh, and for yourself, Jeff, uh, uh, as we head towards the, the end of our, uh, our episode, what about you, Jeff? What Did you have a... Uh, were you raised to enjoy fear?
2: Uh No. <laughs> that's all, that's all the time we have. Huh? <laughs> um, my uh, my mom was like me when I was younger, um and I was chicken shit, and <laughs> so so. And my dad never really had much of an opinion on 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 horrors, so we never really got horror movies. I remember going to Disney World as a kid, um and both my mom and I looking at that uh, that haunted tower ride and just being like.
0: Nope, not doing <laughs> that. So, cool, right? but, yeah. yeah. Uh, but
2: you know, I was also bullied a lot as, as a child as well. Um, so, I think the psychological type horrors um, I tend to enjoy and understand a lot more than like the gore type horrors because I've kind of gone through the psychological type horror type ideas.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's, that's me too. I love. I love a movie that can scare you just by like how the characters are perceiving the world around them and it seeing that is scary.
2: Yeah. Like Invisible Man. Oh my god. Oh yeah. That movie scared the crap out of me and it was so good.
1: You oh good, Kevin Bacon's Invisible Man? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, That was a
5: hollow man, not no, a invisible no, no, man. No, no, like when,
4: when you, survive, you bite into it and yes. you just taste disappointment. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Now uh, uh, now uh, you know as we, we've talked a lot about our uh uh our you know the, the movies that we enjoyed and got scared of when we were younger. Um to wrap up this episode, I, and because I'm very curious. Um as we are uh, taping this in the middle of a pandemic and uh, <laughs> here we are in the year 2020, we are hoping that everyone listening stays safe and stays well. Um, while people are staying safe inside and uh, are looking for something new to watch, what is a recent horror or scary movie um, that you would recommend? Uh, like so- something from within the past couple of years, something that would make you go, ah, the horror genre is in, is in good it is still putting out good stuff
3: i have two i'll be quick (laughs) my first one is uh, a quiet place directed by john krasinski huge great representation for the deaf community Uh, and that movie is like the story behind it not just the, the the apocalypse that is happening to them but the actual character interaction is so great in that film highly recommend and uh, it's probably on Netflix. It's there. Uh, yeah, I think so. And then the other one, we just watched it the other day. We're doing an episode on it for Drinking and Screaming. It's called Host. It's a Shutter exclusive. It came out three days ago on day of recording this. And it's a Zoom call, quarantine, COVID-19 themed episode, uh, film. It's like <laughs> So good, fifty six minutes only. Uh, oh. Amazing. Six friends do a séance and things go wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, that sounds cool.
1: Uh, we, uh, I can see that Tristan is very was very excited when.
0: Uh, she- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for you to
4: watch that. I'm like, Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Um I would definitely recommend The Lure. It's a couple years older, but it's uh like murderous mermaids but it's like shot like a eurovision um uh performance and it's beautiful and lush and juicy and eastern european and there's great songs and yeah it's like and i'm like yes this ticks all of my (laughs) boxes
5: awesome thank you uh, I also have two. <laughs> it's hard. Worry, to I have two as well. I have two. Nice, yeah. good.
3: Wait, Tristan, do you have a second one?
4: <laughs> uh, on the spot, I'm gonna say everyone should check out um, Headless. Because if you just need something that's like, what the fuck did I just watch? Headless is a great independent film that will make you say that. And I'm not in it, so I did. I'm like trying to recommend stuff I'm not in because you know. What are your two picks?
5: Uh, you. So my first one. Um, the it's oh man, this is going with like the psychological. Uh, it's called The Ritual, it's on Netflix, and it's just a bunch of guys walking into the woods and going mad.
3: Uh, which is
5: really like sad men being tortured is just my jam so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. That sounds like a Reddit, uh, a subreddit. Uh, <laughs> just a sad, sad men being tortured. Yeah. Um, and my second one we just watched is uh, Color Out of Space um, oh, yeah. with Nicolas Cage. It's the first good Lovecraftian movie I've seen ever. Um, and it's also about just a sad family getting sadder. <laughs> uh, and um, I'm much to... Uh, Lovecraft's chagrin. May he rot in hell. Uh, the main character is a black man, so he can go fuck himself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool uh, visual effects in that
5: one. Oh, so good! And Nicolas Cage is just oh. allowed to go wild, Nicolas and it makes Cage sense in the context. Nicolas
2: Cage, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Porter, do you? Uh, uh, what do you recommend? Something
2: relative um, from the horror. I tend to not watch a lot of horrors so I don't have a whole lot to recommend but I did recently watch the new Chucky movie Mm. um and or Child's play. Um and uh mainly because I love Aubrey Plaza um and I really wanted to see her in it. And that movie was great. It was fun. It was just it was everything you expected to be and a great modernization of the the Child's Play franchise which was one of the few horrors that I really liked when I was younger. It, like it didn't freak me out that there was gonna be a doll that was gonna kill me so I was cool with it now, <laughs> that
1: uh the most recent Chucky uh, or child's play uh, was filmed here in Vancouver
3: right uh, outside of our apartment yeah what? it was one of those things where they're like
5: oh we're in a downtrodden neighborhood of Chicago or something I'm like that's our fucking apartment don't lie. <laughs> Um, yeah, the yeah, it's a ninth uh, area. Shut up. <laughs>
0: that
4: was uh, Master's effects to the the Chucky for that guy, and then Ty, who is the uh, the um, neighbor boy who's like who finds the melon. Um, he is also the bad guy Bakar in Aliens ate my homework and Aliens So oh my body. So what I saw <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the child's so I was like,
0: "Oh, muffin, this is where you are!" <laughs> nice. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: Uh, and very quickly, uh, for for myself, uh, I'm recommending uh, two uh, zombie movies. Uh, one from South Korea, one from Japan. Uh, w- uh, one is Train to Busan. Yes. yes! Uh, and one is uh, one is One Shot of the Dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are good picks. And, so
1: solid. Uh, and for for <laughs> listeners, uh, one one is somewhat of a comedy uh but i'll let you figure out which one when you watch both
0: uh, At <laughs> have
3: end of
2: the comedy yeah. you
1: have to do it uh,
3: disregard everyone else's recommendations yeah, those are the two it's so yeah. hard to recommend
5: without <laughs> spoiling the
3: right there
1: now uh, uh thank you uh all for for joining us on the the fear of science uh uh char kelly and tristan we're very grateful to have you uh be a part of this episode, and being part of the Fear of Science family. Now, for our listeners who are wanting to learn more about your upcoming projects, uh, Tristan, where can they learn more about your work?
4: Uh, They can follow me on either Twitter or Instagram at at littlemissrisk, or (laughs) they can go to littlemissrisk.ca and they can find out stuff there, and I'm usually pretty good about yelling about what I'm doing. (laughs)
1: Wonderful. Thank you. And for more drinking and screaming um, uh, and, you know, for your third season and beyond, where can our listeners find more about you?
3: Of course. Twitter and Instagram at drink underscore scream. We also have a website, drinkingandscreaming.com and podcasts anywhere. Anywhere you listen, you'll find us.
1: Great. And Jeff, uh, for people who want to know a little bit more about fear of science, where are we?
2: We are on uh, the social medias. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and we're at Science Fears. Um, and then I don't need to tell you where to find us to listen to us, as so you're listening to us right now.
0: <laughs> Good job!
4: <That'd> nice. <laughs> you did it. If you're listening to us right now. You've already found us. <laughs>
1: uh, well, uh, uh, for our listeners, I think you know. Uh, overall, uh, you know something that I've learned from from recording this episode with everyone is that. Uh, like many things in life uh, things are a little bit less scary when you get to experience them with friends again my name is Daniel
2: and I'm
0: Jeff and we are Fear of Science and we will chat with you again soon goodbye everybody